0: The Seven Miles podcast, Coffee Science Guru, the podcast dedicated to coffee talk. I'm Adam Carr, your scientific host. And alongside me are our barista, the coffee portion. Hi, Josh. Josh. Hey, hello. Hi. And uh, our guru. Hi. Julian Britton. Um, For this zeroth episode, we'd like to introduce ourselves and what gets us buzzed about being in the coffee industry. But first, what is this podcast about? Well, it's about Coffee. Coffee's our game and we'd like to share our knowledge and perspectives on the state of the art. Everything from equipment to science to the history of coffee to green bean. With 50 years of experience in coffee behind us and combined with over 10 years of advanced research experience in water and organic chemistry, we figured we're fairly well positioned um, to give some perspective on what's new, what's hot and what's not out there. Yeah, and a part of our role is to talk about what we found works, what doesn't and to search and destroy perhaps um, or at least put some rigorous thought around some of the myths out there in the coffee world. You might ask, what gives us our authority to treat with all these things in the coffee industry? Well, that's pretty reasonable. Um, so I guess let's find out. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about our backgrounds. And I think first, most appropriately, we should start with the guru portion of our trio. Uh, <laughs> Julian, perhaps uh, maybe be worthwhile you giving us... Maybe tell us what you do currently um, and sort of where you've come from and uh, what got you into coffee and what landed you up here today.
1: Yeah, well, what I do currently is what you might call my semi-retirement job. <laughs> in fact, I've been trying to retire for quite some time. It <laughs> won't, won't let you
0: go.
1: <laughs> we're, not, we're all trying to retire. Um, and uh, it is an important aspect of the business in that I handle the daily quality control uh, for coffee, which uh, involves uh, Checking the roast colors uh, and tasting the end product of every roast of coffee that we produce in the factory Mm -hmm. Uh, And on the basis of that being uh, Acceptable uh, the coffee is then passed for distribution it having already been packed and sitting waiting in the warehouse for uh, For dispatch but not being sent out until it's received the okay from either myself or from three or four other uh, Coffee tasters who are equally expert and available when I'm not
0: Mm. So they talk about uh, looking at the colour of the coffee, um, but, I mean, you've had a fairly colourful history in the background. You're not just, you just haven't been in QC, QA. Um, you've had a fair amount of background in other areas of the coffee industry.
1: I have, but I perhaps should start by saying I was born in 1939 mm. when espresso coffee was virtually unknown outside Italy, mm. and even in Italy it was probably pretty much undrinkable. <laughs> so we have moved on a bit since then, and I'll come to that. Uh, But, uh, a little bit of background following that, after Royal Navy National Service, which was compulsory in the days when I was growing up, I uh, ventured into bottling Guinness for export in a company that uh, had connections with my family. Uh, And uh, having got thoroughly fed up with that after a while, Mm -hmm. because bottling Guinness in those days actually involved washing up the bottles that came back from uh, (laughs) wherever they'd been to, and that involved uh, (laughs) uh, all sorts of horrible chemicals, and the combination of the Guinness on the one hand and the chemicals on the other was not pretty. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, And uh, then through another family connection, I um, moved into uh, coffee machine manufacture. So for three years I was involved in a Dickensian factory in uh, Hoban in London, uh, manufacturing uh, machines uh, to a Dickensian design, uh, first formulated in about 1870 and not much changed by about 1960.
2: Mm. With a um, filter? Coffee machines? Yes, you you, you could loosely
1: describe them as filter machines, although they did involve pressure. Yeah, Not of the kind that you would expect in an espresso machine. So the the central part was loaded with coffee and uh, hydraulically uh, locked together, and Mm -hmm. uh, valve was then opened, and... uh, superheated water and steam rushed through the coffee mm. and produced inevitably an undrinkable result A the of it.
0: <laughs> safe and not safe. So by delicious. gum, it was quick. <laughs> <laughs> undrinkable good, good. Um, economically and, and it was uh,
1: these machines were varied in, in size enormously from the sort of thing that you find in a small cafe to something mm. that you find on an ocean going liner. Mm. Anything between uh, 50 cups uh, in the smallest version, up to maybe a 1,000 cups at a time, ready for instant service. And that, of course, was the beauty of the machine, because it could feed large numbers of people, and
0: indeed. So you worked in machine manufacture and presumably the selling of these machines for how long?
1: Uh, For three years, yeah. So, so in fact, through coffee machine sales, I established connections with London Coffee Roasters. Mm. uh, And I found my calling when I discovered that they actually produced uh, coffee that, uh, in some respects, could be made to be drinkable. Mm. <laughs> um, through, 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 through the, the hand filter and the plunger and yeah, the things right, like right. that. Uh, and I found that I liked the theatre of coffee blending and roasting. It was the first job I actually had to apply for at the age of 26, yeah. all the others having me foisted upon me <laughs> by various yeah. members of the family who thought I might fit in. Mm. Uh, so, after about three years of coffee machine manufacturing in Hoburn, I, I joined uh, a company uh, called uh, the Kenya Coffee Company in those days, migrated into a shortened firm, a shortened form called Kenco. Um, And they are notable because in the early 1960s the Kenya Coffee Company became the first to patent the processing of ground coffee and beans with an enclosed nitrogen conditioning and packaging system.
0: Basically a shelf-stable product they invented effectively.
1: Since followed by coffee companies all over the world, including Roma and mm. Seven Miles. Mm. Um, mm. Mm. Uh, what
0: year was, when was this? That
1: was 1962. Yeah, right.
0: 62. okay. Been yeah. for a
1: while. Um, and the very first container that they used, a condition that was around about two or three tonnes of coffee, ground coffee at a time, yeah. uh, came out at the same time as Sputnik went up. Hmm. Um, and was named the Telstar. Uh, <laughs> was so, there as
0: much technology in the uh, pressure and...
1: I think it was probably more technology than that. that wasn't
0: <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, the Russians just really? fired something <laughs> up in the space. <laughs> uh, modified slingshot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so,
1: I mean, that, that, that's my essential early background in coffee. And I was sure. with that company for 17 years until mm-hmm. I came to Australia with my wife, who's Australian. And our two young children, and uh, joined uh, what was then Bellaroma, mm. um, and I've uh, been here uh, for one reason or another ever since.
0: <laughs> so that's really interesting. So, I guess that's just providing some perspective on the guru portioning. He's been, Julian's been involved in machine grouping from selling machines and then, you know, witnessing, I guess, manufacture of machines for a whole r- range of different applications so I'm right through to. Um, enhancing coffee flavor preservation and you know i've seen julian do a whole number of things here at seven miles um he's it's he's a real asset to our
2: team so um as
0: is josh josh hi yes coffee
2: yes that How? Uh, why when where yeah. uh who um 2011 um a little boutique grocery opened up near where i was working and friends of friends were i uh, owned it and ran it and i had a coffee there and it was amazing um, and I knew I wanted to be involved. So I did a coffee course there and then I, um, volunteered and worked there and then got my first job, um, in a cafe and then moved to Sydney. Um, got a job in a restaurant making coffee and then got a job. It's all happened within two years. Mm. Um, got a job using Bellaroma coffee, um, met. A lot of the guys here, the sales team and Matt and all that stuff, mm-hmm. um we'll have, have Matt on there. at some point in the near future, I'm sure yeah. probably Matt's fantastic. he's always around yeah. yeah, he's great, um and then, yeah, jumped to a few jobs um and then started working here in the sales team, doing sort of coffee support hmm. um and now I work in the espresso window and help Matt with training and. All that sort of stuff. So mostly a barista um, mm. for about eight years. Mm. And now barista, trainer, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. QA. Yep. Yep. Involved marketing. Yep.
0: You also help us a lot with the Single Origins program. Yeah. Tasting. <laughs> yeah. Lots of tasting, tasting. Lots of tasting. Lots of tasting. It's the hardest part. Yeah, yeah, it is. And I think that's one of the interesting things about coffee is that, I mean, I've, I've got the science background myself, so... Um, Tell us about yourself. Adam. Oh, well, thank you. Thanks, Josh. Um, I was going to move in there.
2: Good segue there. <laughs> <laughs> Any opportunity
0: Smooth. to talk about myself. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, I think you know, before I talk about that, though, I think one of the fun things being a scientist coming into coffee is just how important taste is. I mean, you know, my background involves a lot of, I would say, complicated um, analytical machines where you go into the detail and the minutia of chemicals, chemistry, solutions, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but in the end you know you could apply all these things to chemistry and a lot of people uh, sort of chemistry to apply all these things to coffee um, you can know all about the chemistry of it but it won't actually tell you how it tastes you always need someone there at the end of the line to tell you whether it tastes good sure a machine can be calibrated to you know facilitate that and get it time in time out the same but um, yeah I can't tell you anything about that taste so I guess my background I am a chemical engineer um, summary of Since I graduated, I suppose, some of the seven years since I graduated, I was involved in academic research in a few different institutions, including Cornell University and MIT, uh, mostly focused around fuels, pharmaceuticals, uh, and oil. Um, The link between all those things was using high temperature, high pressure water uh, to do chemistry, extractions, a whole bunch of different things. And that, of course, naturally led to me eventually exploring coffee, coffee, which is Julian. Uh, I guess summarised a little earlier, involved pressurised water being pushed through organic material. That kind of seems like a natural fit. Came back to Australia after being in the States for five years um, and built a new kind of roaster in my garage as a start-up for my previous company. Um, Came to Seven Miles, um, wanted to effectively show them and see about investing in the technology. And they said, hey, let's, we'll take you. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, so maybe the idea wasn't so good, but hey, here I am. Um, and so I'm now the manager of the Coffee Science and Education Centre that we started here at Seven Miles, uh, which Josh is one part, very key part, um, and through which I also interact quite heavily with Julian, which has been fantastic. So... Yeah, I guess in this first podcast, and I guess, you know, the, I guess how these podcasts are going to work in the future are uh, we are generally going to have one broad topic that we're going to discuss and provide, um, a guru's opinion, basically what he's seen happen to that thing, material, whatever it happens to be, that topic across the course of the years. And as we all know, there's nothing real that new under the sun. Um, Josh. Not, not nitrogen flushing. Anyway. Not nitrogen flushing, clearly. Uh, um, although we definitely do it here at Seven Miles for our coffee. Not to all, but that's probably a topic for another time. That's a topic to discuss. Um, that's an check, example. Check the blog. That's right. Check the blog. Oh, yes. it's a very good point. Um, a lot of topics we'll be discussing will be probably discussed in some way on our blogs, uh, the editorial that's available on the au website. So feel free to go out there and check
2: that out in a bit more detail. Um, cool. But yeah, so um, yeah, uh, you can also ask us questions at podcast at sevenmiles.com.au. Um, that's seven miles, S-E-V-E-N-M-I-L-E-S. Um, and we'll try to answer them on the podcast if we can, um, especially equipment, um, science mm. um training no yep. um history uh yeah anything mm. we've got we've got plenty of people to answer yeah that all was podcast questions. with a t not yeah. an s yeah p o d d a s t perfect podcast 7miles.com all with words as